أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان وبعد باب إعانة الرفيق في الباب أحاديث كثيرة تقدمت كحديث والله في عون العبد ما كان العبد في عون أخيه وحديث, وحديث كل معروف صدقة وأشباههما This is a chapter regarding aiding and assisting your traveling companions uh, or the companions of people who are with you who are your company throughout the day uh, whether they be in a trip or whether they be uh, uh, whether they be just people who are accompanying you in different things. So Nawawi rahimahullah ta'ala says in the beginning of the bab, in the beginning of the chapter, that there are many ahadith which indicate that a person should help uh, their uh, companions who are with them, um, like the hadith. <coughs> or the snippet of the hadith, that Allah Ta'ala is there to assist his slave as long as the slave is there to assist his brother. And the hadith, uh, every good deed will be considered as, uh, as sadaqah, as charity, and those that uh, resemble those two hadiths that were mentioned. When Sayyidina Abi Sa'id al-Khudri radiallahu ta'ala anhu qala baynama nahnu fi safarin idh ja'a rajulun ala rahilatihi lahu فَجَعَلَ يَصْرِفُ بَصَرَهُ يَمِينًا وَشِمَالًا فَقَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ مَنْ كَانَ مَعَهُ فَضْلُ ظَهْرٍ فَلْيُعِدْ بِهِ عَلَى مَنْ لَا ظَهْرَ لَهُ وَمَنْ كَانَ لَهُ فَضْلُ زَادٍ فَلْيُعِدْ بِهِ عَلَى مَنْ لَا زَادَ لَهُ فَذَكَرَ مِنْ أَصْنَافِ الْمَالِ مَا ذَكَرَهُ حَتَّى رَأَيْنَا أَنَّهُ لَا حَقَّ لِأَحَدٍ مِنَّا فِي فَضْلٍ uh, Rawahu Muslim. So it's a hadith narrated by Sayyidina Abu Sa'id al-Khudri radiallahu ta'ala anhu that, uh, he, that he mentioned what? That he mentioned uh, uh, that while we were on a trip uh, uh, a man was coming on his uh, riding animal and he was looking furtively to the right and to the left meaning something was wrong and so Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam noticed this person who was looking to the right and left as if he was looking for something and he said whoever when traveling has an excess of space on his on his on his animal or on his animals so sometimes maybe there's like a herd of, of horses or camels or animals that can carry people and only one rider. <coughs> and maybe somebody else is going and they, their animal is sick or they, they don't have an animal to ride. So whoever has an excess of space on their animal, let them give uh, 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 the, the, the ride to the one who has no ride. And obviously that's something that we can practice today as well, that people are going somewhere, people are going to some event or going to some class or going to some uh, a prayer or whatever 
and there are people who don't have a ride they don't have a car they may not have a license they may not have the money they may not have gas they may not have any number of things <coughs> so the the command of the messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi is that the one who has capacity to carry people that person should carry the one who has nobody uh, uh, to carry them and whoever has an excess of provisions let that, let that person use it for the ones that have no provision Meaning what? Meaning if you're traveling and you have food and somebody doesn't have food or you have money to buy food and somebody else doesn't have money to buy food. Instead of buying something really expensive for yourself, just buy something cheaper and let people share. And let people, you know, instead of going to a restaurant, you can stop at a grocery store and get something that's maybe simpler, but then everyone can eat. Uh, uh, If a person at work doesn't have food or forgot their lunch or whatever uh, or a person at you know during a trip you know or during Hajj or during Umrah or during whatever if you buy something for somebody while while traveling it's a good thing all of these things are considered to be sadaqat and uh, it's a tradition of uh, the Muslims and it's a tradition of the sunnah that the person who has should buy for the person who doesn't have and this is one of the reasons Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam he praised the people who went on Hajj that brought an excess of provision with them, more food and more money. And he, uh, uh, he, he chastised those people who would go on Hajj without making proper preparations for themselves. That there were a group of people that they said, we're going to go on Hajj and we're going to trust, trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, what do you mean trust in Allah ta'ala? You're just going to go and beg everybody for food and you're going to ask them for stuff. That's not, that's not what trusting in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala means. So it's a tradition of the Muslims that when somebody is with you, that, that you don't eat alone, that you bring them with you to eat, and that if somebody doesn't have a ride or, or, or whatever, that you go drop them off somewhere. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. And notice the beginning of the hadith is what? The hadith started the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa The occasion of him mentioning these things is what? That he noticed somebody had some need that there was a man looking to the right and to the left meaning what our kind of American uh, mentality is what and I shouldn't even say American it's just like it's kind of modern city mentality because there are places where people are not like this and there were times that people weren't like this in America as well that our modern mentality is what is that I'm just going to take care of myself I'm not going to care about anybody else and the reason that people resort to that type of mindset often is because there are other people who don't do a very good job of taking care of themselves and so one wonders how many people am I going to take care of if I have to take care of everybody but even that even that mindset is bred from what from a society in which there's no tarbiya nobody teaches anything to anybody because people who make poor decisions for themselves traditionally They'd get chastised by elders or they'd get chastised by the ulama or they would uh, get chastised by somebody who knows better and they would take the chastising and they would learn from it and they would uh, become better. Uh, Whereas nowadays nobody wants to be told what to do so everybody just suffers uh, because nobody knows, has the basic life skills to be able to get through life properly. But uh, at any rate, this is not a sunnah. The sunnah is what? Is that Rasulullah first of all, he noticed he would look around and pay attention to the people around him. And if somebody is not 
doing well, instead of just keeping his head down and you know minding his own business and not worrying about it, he would try to find a solution for that person's problems. And so many times this happens at school, at work. What, what, what happens is that we don't ask even about the people around us, whether they're feeling good, they're feeling bad, they need something, they don't need something, they need help, they need someone to talk to, they forgot their lunch, they this, that, and the other thing. What do we do? We just kind of let people uh, suffer on their own, and we don't really care for them. And, uh, 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 you know, from a very utilitarian point of view, one could say that, no, we should care for each other because if someone else is down today and I take care of them, then the day that I'm down, they'll come and take care of me. The fact of the matter is life doesn't really work that way. Uh, uh, there are some people who will learn. If you help them when they need something, they'll learn and they'll also help others. Unfortunately, the level of tarbiyah that the people have nowadays is so bad and it's so horrid and it's not something that we can even blame others for. Uh, it's becoming so bad even in our own community. That what? That there are some people when they need help, they'll take the help. And when another person needs help, that person will uh, uh, pretend like, you know, like they don't even know you. Uh, in fact, uh, this is a specific type of sickness in people that they'll take when, when given. But uh, when it's time to share themselves, their whole nafs has like a whole routine of why it will justify not sharing with anyone and not helping anyone. So the utilitarian argument is not the argument that, that the people of deen make. And it's not the argument that the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is making either. The idea is what? Is that you give when a person needs because that's what you do. That's what the taqaza of, of iman is. That's what the, 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 the muqtada and the, the right of having faith in your heart is. That when people need, you give them. Uh, with no expectation of ever receiving anything back from them. Rather, the idea is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who gives everybody without expecting anything in return, if you want to do well on the day that you return to that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then you give while you can in this world. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when He shows you how much you gave other people, He will then say that nobody gives more than me. You think you gave a lot, I'll show you how to give. And He'll give you when you're need is unfulfilled otherwise uh, uh, otherwise uh, you know to expect from people and things like that this is not this is usually people who do this they, they go on a dead end and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has a very strange system that uh, uh, the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam you know what the first hadith of Bukhari is hello do you know what the first hadith of Sahih Bukhari is it's all actions will be judged by Allah according to the what intention so if a person did a good deed with the hope of returning, of receiving a favor back from that person later, Allah will expose that. So you'll do the, the good deed, and then later on when you have a need, and that, that person can fulfill it, and they don't fulfill it, you'll get real upset, get really angry, and say, how dare you? That one day you had nothing, and I gave you, you didn't have a ride, and I drove you all the way from here to there, and you didn't have lunch, and I bought lunch for you. And, uh, 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 and today you act like you don't even know me when I have a need uh, that, that you'll see that day come to pass and then when you express that all of the reward for your good deed will be gone and the one who did it for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that day the, the, that person will not change they may be upset that this person is not helping them 
but they're inside that what's inside them won't change meaning if they have an opportunity to help another person again they'll still help them because they helped them for the sake of Allah whereas the person who helped for the sake of uh, receiving a benefit they'll say I'm not helping again I remember last time I helped it didn't benefit at all uh, and this person didn't give me anything back and it was just a waste of my time so Rasulullah wasallam, that's not his method was that you should help people because they're going to help you Rather, you help people because you do it for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because you don't want the help from the people, you want the help from Allah ta'ala. But Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he took the time to notice who needs help. And, uh, you know, sometimes you're in certain situations where there's so many people who need help, and you can't do anything about it. Well, at least you can make dua. You should still notice who needs help. Even if you, you yourself need help, you should make dua for the other people who need help. You're still helping them, right? And if you have only like enough money to buy food for one person and there are 10 people who are hungry, then quietly take that person, one person aside, and buy food for them. You don't have to show everybody because then it's going to cause resentment amongst people. When you do a good deed, if you do a good deed by hurting other people's feelings, that's not much of a good deed at all. So when you do good deeds, do it in a way that doesn't hurt other people's feelings. But that doesn't mean just because you only have enough money to buy food for one person and there are ten people who need food that you don't buy it. You quietly take that person aside and then you buy, you, you buy the food for them. Or you quietly take that person aside and say, yes, I can take you, you know, to the masjid. You know, there are people who leave Islam because of these things. There are people who, they, uh, you know, it's the day of Eid and they call several different people and uh, you know, ask for a ride to the masjid for, for Eid. Imagine that, that a person can't even go on Jummah to, to the masjid, but all they want is a, a ride to the masjid to go on Eid. And nobody get, gives them a ride. People, they sometimes get so distraught and so broken because of these things, they'll leave the deen, or they will stop coming to the masjid, or it will cause them great depression and anxiety. And it's not even one of those issues where you can blame people you know, if another person generally doesn't have the, have the capacity to help that person, you can't really blame them. But if you look at the issue from the other side, uh, the one who does go out of their way to help such a person, imagine how much reward that they'll receive. Uh, so these things are, are really important. We should, you know, think about them. And sometimes, it, you know, it's one of those things like you have an extra seat in the car that's empty, right? Husband, wife, two children, and there's five seats in the car. If you take one person, an elder or a new Muslim or a poor person or whatever, uh, if you take them uh, in that fifth seat, you know, to you it doesn't mean anything. You're going to go to the masjid anyway. Or you're going to go to whatever party or wedding or whatever. You're going to go anyway. It doesn't really mean anything. But you took somebody with you. To them it means a lot. Uh, so Rasulullah was very careful uh, 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 to notice who those people were. So after noticing, he said, what, whoever has an extra seat, uh, let them give it to the person who has no seat. And the person who has, an ex- has extra food, let them give it to uh, the one who has no extra food. Then he mentioned, sallallahu alayhi wa several different types of wealth. Like having a, having a vehicle to, or a, 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 an animal to ride on or a vehicle to ride on is one type of wealth. Like a car is one type of wealth, right? And then food is another type of wealth. And then there are other types of wealth like money and like clothes and like whatever. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, then this, this is not the whole hadith. This is just a, a, a summary of the hadith that Sayyidina Abu Sa'id al-Khudri radiallahu anhu was giving. He said that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam then mentioned several different types of wealth. 
and he 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 kept mentioning all these different types of wealth that whoever has an ex- excess or extra from this type of wealth and that type of wealth and the other type of wealth, let them give it to the one who doesn't have. Whoever has extra clothes, let them give it to the one who doesn't have extra clothes. The one who has extra uh, uh, money, let them give it to the one who doesn't have extra money. For the one who has uh, uh, an extra, you know, extra whatever, you know, furniture. God knows there are a hundred different types of wealth, right? Let them give it to the one who doesn't have that extra uh, extra wealth. Uh, Abu Sa'id al-Khudri radiallahu narrates that he, he mentioned so many different types of wealth and said the same thing about it, that whoever has it, let him give the one who doesn't. Uh, to the point that we thought maybe a person, if they have, an, have extra of anything, that they no longer own it, that it now becomes the right of the, of the Muslims. Which legally isn't true. If you own something, it's yours. But Rasulullah emphasized the, the, the good of giving it so much that a person might think by hearing him the way he said it, that, that whatever you have that's more than what you need, it's not yours, it belongs to your brother. And that's the way that the deen should be. And if Rasulullah forced people to give out uh, what they had, then uh, uh, there would be no khair in it. People would resent one another and they wouldn't comply anyway. But Rasulullah didn't force people, rather he encouraged them that you have to look, at, look after other people and take care of other people. So this is why, hello? You know, if Maryam and Aisha have something, then Abdullah and Ghalia, they should give it to them and share with them. Why? This is the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One said that Jabir radiallahu ta'ala anhu, a Rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam anahu, ida arada en yagzua kala ya marshal muhajirina wal ansar. Inna minakwanikum koma lay salahum malun wala ashiratun, falyadumma ahadu kum ilehi a rajulani oith thalafata, famali ahadina min vahrin yahmiluhu, illa ukbata ahadihim. قال فضممت إلى إلى اثنين أو ثلاثة وما لي إلا عقبة كعقبة أحدهم من جملي رواه أبو داود سيدنا جابر بن عبد الله رضي الله تعالى عنه who was وعنهما may Allah Taala be pleased with both of them who was from the Ansar he mentioned that the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم uh, when it was time to go out, the army of the Muslims, it was time for them to go out to battle. It wasn't a professional army. Rather, all of the believers, when they were called, they would stand uh, and uh, 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 go out with the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. That he would gather them together and he would say, Ya ma'ashar al-muhajirin wal-ansar. O gathering of the muhajirin and the ansar. Indeed, from your brothers are such a people that have no money, and they have no uh, uh, family, meaning they have nothing. They're abject. Uh, they're in abject poverty. That indeed, from your brothers, meaning your your brothers in Islam, from your brethren in Islam, are such a people that have no wealth, and they have no family. So, whoever amongst you uh, has wealth, let him take two or three of them with him. Or let them connect with two or three of them. Uh, and uh, 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 whichever of you has a mount, let them take turns with them on that mount. So uh, Abu, uh, uh, sorry, so Jabir radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he said that I found two or three different people 
and uh, I would take a, t- a turn with them uh, uh, on my uh, uh, camel uh, uh, as if I was one of them, even though the camel was mine. Meaning what? Meaning that he would go, imagine they're going out in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, for the sake of Allah ta'ala, and uh, uh, it's his camel, but he's sharing it one turn after the other with the rest of the, uh, uh, with the rest of the, uh, 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 those two or three people. And so this is also the way that we do khidmah for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One of the things we have like this idea in, you know, like if I'm volunteering, like I'm doing some sort of favor to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, because I don't have to do it if I don't want to or whatever. And the fact of the matter is, is that the deen has certain functions that need to get done. And there are some people who are concerned with getting those functions done, and then there are some people who are not concerned with getting those functions done. If you're concerned with getting those functions done, you look at a way to make it possible. So there are certain people, they don't have a way to make it to the battlefield. If they were to have to walk the entire time, then they would have been tired out. Uh, And they would have either not made it to the battlefield, or they would have made it to the battlefield with sores and blisters in their feet. Uh, And sometimes it just takes a little bit of... Uh, a little bit of rest in order to heal from from uh, a person's tiredness, but because they didn't have any rest, they're going to make it to the battlefield in a way that it's not helpful to anybody. So Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam used very simple, low cost, and common sense solutions to solving uh, solving these problems. That if you come with wealth, then your wealth can volunteer as you volunteer as well. And the people, when Rasulullah made these suggestions, they took them to heart. That the one who has an animal, let him pick two or three other people and then just take turns riding that, riding that animal. That way you got the work of one animal, you know, uh, the work of like three animals out of one. And then you have, two, uh, the, instead of one person showing up to the battlefield on the day of battle, you have, mashallah, three or four of them uh, showing up on the same day. And likewise, they also come home. If you win the battle, then you may each of you have your own camel to ride home. Uh, uh, because the, the vanquished enemy will leave so much uh, treasure and spoils. But if you don't make it to the battle, A, there may not be a fight, or if there's a fight, you'll lose. And uh, nobody, nobody then wins uh, 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 in that scenario, in that situation. And so Rasulullah wasallam, he was concerned about about people, and this is another thing that, as leaders, we don't have this concern. Uh, what happens nowadays in the masjid is that you know we put on the board whoever donates a lot of money, and then those people look for other people who donate a lot of money, and they feel like the the masjid runs through money. And there are some parts of the masjid that do run through money. Community isn't one of them. You're not going to build community, brotherhood, friendship, etc., etc., through money. So Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, who had a holistic a holistic uh, 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 model for running the community. He wasn't just concerned with the fundraiser. Rather, he would look and see some people have needs and other people have something to give. So he connected those people in order to make the entire system run properly. He looked for the people who have needs and he doesn't ignore them or treat them as a burden on the, on the society. Rather, he found a way, uh, 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 he... he he uh, put together a way to make those people who are in need uh, people of even more benefit. Uh, uh, that everybody can be successful together, everyone can work together, strive together, 
and uh, the resources that you have can be used to mobilize the other resources that you have rather than uh, 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 some people cut off other people. Uh, and this is a, a, a type of wisdom that as long as we look to people with money in order to uh, uh, run our institutions, we'll be cut off from. We'll be mahroom and we'll be deprived from them. As long as we look at which institution has the biggest speaker and the biggest uh, fundraiser and the biggest hall and the biggest uh, number of uh, dollars uh, donated in the nicest and snappiest building, uh, we'll have really nice and snappy buildings. If you want money, you'll get it. Whatever you strive for and you look for, you'll get it. But what will you miss? This hikmah will be gone from there. This wisdom will be removed. It will be stripped away. So if we're trying to make a snazzy building, then the masjid will always lose to the mall. Every time, I guarantee it. The masjid will always lose to the Hilton. It will always you lose. Forget about Hilton Four Seasons and Ritz Carlton. We're, we're never going to make it. Right? But if the, the, the idea is that you want to have hikmah, there's a hikmah in the deen that none of those things have. And none of those things can even touch or come close to. Uh, uh, and, and unless we uh, follow the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ and learn the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, we'll be mahroom from those things. These are very simple solutions uh, that, 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 that solve problems with almost no money and no cost whatsoever. And they produce results that, that literally alter the course of history. That imagine so many battles, right? The, the Battle of Badr was won by the, the Muslims. How many people were there? 313. And amongst them, many of them were just these types of people who had no ride, who had nobody to carry them, no whatever. Say, I think so, just like a handful of people had horses, a handful of people had camels, uh, and most of the, the soldier, soldiers were moving on foot. Uh, and so what is it that when people share their rides and share their mounts and things like that uh, this is how this is this is how they got by uh, and that's how you know if you have 313 people beating over a thousand you have to at least have those 313 make it to battle if you don't then the history doesn't get written and uh, things just stay things just stay messed up like they were from before uh, and, and uh, we ask Allah Ta'ala for tawfiq to to be from amongst those who, uh, uh, you know, get along and work with each other in order to make the change that's needed, in order to have a better tomorrow. وعنه رضي الله تعالى عنه قال كان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يتخلف في المصير فيزجد ضعيفا ويردف ويدعو له رواه أبو داود بإسناد حسن. That Sayyidina uh, Jabir ibn Abdullah radiallahu ta'ala anhumah also narrates that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when traveling he would oftentimes be at the back of the caravan. So there's like a whole group of people moving at the same time. He would oftentimes be at the back. Uh, 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 for what reason? Not to be in the back but because that's where, uh, uh, that's where the weak people are or the people whose animals are weak, that's where they are. So he would, فَيُسْجِدْ ضَعِف It means يسوقو, To drive. Meaning, some animal is slow, or some people are slow because of their weakness or whatever. He would help them to do whatever they needed to in, a, in order to get moving faster. So some animal was overburdened, he would find someone else to 
uh, carried that burden or if someone was limping along and they needed a ride he would find someone else to for that person to ride with or he would he would do whatever it takes in order to get those people who are lagging behind solve their problems in order for them to get going quicker uh, 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 which is what it's the idea of every Nabi salam, every Nabi at some time or another was a shepherd because that's what you have to do as a herder the herd has to all move together because if any animal strays far from the herd then that animal is subject to danger that animal can be killed once the, you know, the, the herd will come together and defend one another uh, but once an animal is killed the herd will no longer waste time defending a dead animal so if the wolf can you know, bite, the, bite the neck of the sheep and keep uh, uh, you know, crunching at its, its neck for long enough then uh, it bleeds to death then the herd is not going to fight the wolf over it anymore it can have it so it's important as a herder to make sure that everyone stays together. Uh, this is true not only when it comes to wolves, but uh, other things as well. And it's true also in terms of people's iman, and in terms of people's dedication to the deen, in terms of their attitude or whatever. The person who's straying far from the group, the good leader is the one who will take care of that person's uh, problems and bring them back in, into the fold. Uh, uh, and that's what Rasulullah wasallam used to do with the weak. وَيُرْدِفُ and so if somebody, for example, you know, was limping along and they needed, uh, uh, they needed help, he would take that person and seat them on, on somebody else's ride as well. Irdaf means what? It means uh, a, a person to make uh, a second person ride on the same animal. Uh, and so that's one of the reasons, like for example, the word radif is, is a word for a synonym because it's uh, a word, uh, 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 a, a different word that has the same meaning. It's like two people riding on the same animal, right? The animal is the meaning and the words are like people, right? Uh, 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 so, and he would also seat a person on another animal. Like if someone is limping along, he would find somebody whose like, horse or whose camel was strong and say, here, you sit second person on that, on that horse or on that camel as well. Um, and he would also, the, the weak person uh, uh, or the weak animal, he would make dua for them because his dua had barakah in it, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. That there are many animals that were, that were uh, weak and sick and dying. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam would make dua for them and then that animal would, would be filled with energy. The same animal that was dragging at the back of the caravan would then... Uh, uh, Move so quickly that the rest of the caravan had trouble keeping up with it. Uh, 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 but this is, uh, you know, something that Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam used to do for, for those people who are lagging in, in the back. That he would give them special attention so that they were no longer lagging anymore. Obviously, uh, many of us don't have the ability to do that. That you can make du'a for someone and they'll get better, or their animal will get better, or their car will get better, or whatever. Uh, maybe inshallah, that's why you should stay for the zikr afterward. You can get there, inshallah, eventually one day. Allah Ta'ala give all of us tawfiq. But uh, the idea is that he would use all of his capacities, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, to make sure that everybody stayed together. Uh, this fikr of making islah bayn al-nas, this is a very important fikr. This thinking about and, and, and uh, uh, being concerned with how to take those people who are not fitting in with the group and how to fit them in with the group and have concern with them. This is a very Mubarak and blessed thing to be worried about and to think about and to plan for and to try to fix and to help. And it's oftentimes something that is very thankless because if you're successful, uh, then once people fit in, they act like they don't owe you nothing anymore. 
and if you fail, then uh, oftentimes you receive a lot of ire uh, from people. But this is a very Mubarak fikr. This is why I'm not ex- excited about this whole unmasked movement. Right? That there are masajid in this country that are run in a very stupid way. And I'm the first one to recognize that. And I'm the first one to uh, not be a big fan of it. But what is, the, what is the prophetic methodology when you see that? To do whatever you can, even if it's only to make dua, to do whatever you can in order to what? Fix it. The reason I'm not a big fan of the movement is what? That if you f- ferment it and make it cemented and then say, oh, we need a d- third space outside of the masjid or we need a this and that, all you do is you drive the wedge in harder and alienate people even harder and give them a reason in order for them to be alienated. And oftentimes, even just coining a phrase or coining a word is, is a very powerful thing, right? Islam is not the religion of sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Even in our own sacred law, sometimes words are considered to be more harmful than, 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 than physical actions. Because words have a reality. Once you give somebody a word for something, it makes it real, it makes it permanent. So I have like a knucklehead relative who called me and said, Oh, uh, uh, find my daughter, uh, 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 someone to marry. Okay, I'll look, I'll look for her. Okay, good. Uh, oh, but one more thing. Uh, you know, she just she doesn't wear hijab and she's not going to wear hijab, okay? We're liberal Muslims. We're not conservative. We're liberal. And so I just wanted to say, I'm like, you know, look, this conservative and liberal is good if you watch Fox News. Uh, as far as myself, I never looked in the Quran or in the Hadith of the Prophet wasallam and saw the word liberal and conservative. If you want to follow Allah's hukum, if you want to accept the authority of Allah Ta'ala, then that's one thing. And if you don't want to accept it, that's another thing. Don't use a word... Uh, uh, don't use a word or use some sort of uh, 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 nomenclature in order to shield yourself and make yourself feel better that you have some sort of formality or some sort of formal basis in saying something which is utterly an absurdity and I'm not saying okay fine you don't wear hijab I have other shortcomings myself I'm not clowning on that that's whatever you know everybody everybody has shortcomings everybody has imperfections everybody has things that they do that are not right and Allah Ta'ala, the only difference is some of us, He screens some of our uh, imperfections uh, more than He screens the imperfections of others. So I'm not trying to act like I'm better than a person. But the idea is what? The idea is that using the word and then making it as if it's okay, it's not okay. You should be ashamed of it. Just like I'm ashamed of my sins, you should be ashamed of yours as well. I don't, I don't feel like I'm a pious person because I don't commit sins with, in front of other people, but a person should have some shame about the things that they do. Don't cloak them up in words. And so I, I'm not a big fan of these things. You know, because what? You give somebody a word or you give somebody a movement or a group to be a part of and all of a sudden it now justifies. Because what? Just like the masjid has a duty to you in, uh, uh, in order not to make your experience in the masjid horrible, you also have a duty to the masjid as well. And part of that is to, you know, uh, uh, have patience at the shortcomings of other people, including leadership. Uh, uh, and so what happens is that this whole movement makes people feel like they have an excuse to whatever. So I'm not, a big, I'm not a big fan of that. Why? Because if you're a leader or if you're not a leader, you have to look at objectives. What's the objective? The prophetic objective is what? That the group should stay together. If someone else is, doing, is not doing their job and making it difficult for you to stay together with them, it doesn't justify you, uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, you know, Filthying the 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 cooler uh, with your own filth, so that 
somebody who tried to poison you that you try to poison them back. Uh, that doesn't help anybody and it doesn't fix anything. And sometimes two people don't get along. If I don't get along with this masjid in this community, it doesn't mean that I have to try to hatchet it so that tomorrow when somebody tries to fix it, that it makes it all that much worse. Uh, so I'm not I'm not a big fan of I'm not a big fan of that as a methodology. I don't see it uh, as a prophetic method methodology or whatever. Yes, uh, things that are being done wrong, uh, uh, they should be brought to the light of day. Uh, uh, if and when, if and when what, the benefit is more than the harm. Amr bil ma'roof and nahi munkar. I'm not. I'm the last guy who says sweep things under the rug, and the first guy who looks for accountability. But one of the conditions of Amr bil ma'roof and nahi and munkar to command to that which is right and to forbid that which is evil is what is the the idea that you're doing so will make things better rather than make things worse. And uh, uh, this is something that's. That's, uh, I mean, it's from the hikmah even of the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum. Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu, there are many Sahaba who, who commanded that the killer of Sayyidina Uthman radiallahu anhu be, uh, be brought to justice immediately. Aside from the problem that nobody knew who those people were specifically, but even if they were identifiable at the time, Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu said, if we kill them right now, it's going to cause a civil war. Wait. And let the let, you know uh, uh, let people calm down. Let's talk to different people and see what's going on, and let's make different arrangements in order to make sure that when we do make a move, that it's solid and it's not going to be counteracted. That way, when we bring them to justice, uh, uh, it's not going to rip the entire state apart. And even though, as a matter of aqidah, we don't disparage any of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, the Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah in the in the disagreement of Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu with, the, with, with uh, Sayyidina Muawiyah and the other Sahaba that were on the other side, we say with all due respect to all of them that we, we accept the ruling of Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu as being authoritative and as being more correct without disparaging the others. We say that if it was their op opinion was incorrect, it was an a, a incorrect ijtihad, meaning that they will receive reward for one reward for it, whereas Sayyidina Ali will receive two rewards for his. But the idea is what? Is that that's, that's the superior path as to what? To do things in a way that, that, even to correct wrongs in a way that leads to a net benefit rather than a, 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 a net disaster. We don't, we don't, we don't do amr bil ma'roof and nahi anil munkar in a way that completely rips everything apart and completely leads to a greater disaster afterward. Oftentimes these things are ijtihadat, so somebody may say, well, I think it leads to a net benefit, and someone else will say, I, don't, I think it doesn't. That's fine. You can, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to begrudge people holding different opinions or whatever, but at least when people are forming their different opinions, they should think about this, that is my airing or venting of my uh, 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 problems going to lead to any net benefit? Uh, 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 and if it's not going to, then what's the point? Just leave it alone. Uh, you know, make dua that Allah Ta'ala make us such people that the only reason He created us is not so that we be fitna and, and scandal mongers that, that just cause more and more uh, trouble where there was trouble in the beginning, that we be people who uh, are part of the solution uh, and don't participate in being part of the problem. Uh, why? Because Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that's what he used to do. He used to uh, 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 find those people who were the outliers he would see that where, where their problems were and what their problems were, and he would do whatever it takes to bring them back 
uh, uh, وسلم, rather than cut people off as if they're some sort of diseased limb and throw them in the garbage and not worry about them tomorrow. Uh, it's very easy to cut people off. Uh, the person who cuts people off easily is, not the, is the one who didn't spend any time bringing them together in the first place. Rasulullah is through his tears and through his, his, his patience and through his sacrifice that all of these people who entered into Islam from the Sahaba radiallahu anhum entered and uh, if he was uh, a person who didn't care for people and just cut them off left and right then none of those people would have come in in the first place the person who cu- cuts other people off is what? like people like Yazid, people like uh, uh, Marwan bin Hakam people like the miscreants of Banu Umayyah afterward why? because if you look at them Neither, none of them were amongst those who gave the, the, the sacrifice from the Sahaba عنهم, in order to make Islam work in the first place. They were born into or handed to or accepted Islam at a time when everything was done already. The hard work was already done. There was no, they didn't make any sacrifice in order to make this thing work. So that's why they're very uh, cruel and, and, and uh, callous in their uh, judgments on other people. Because they didn't know what type of sacrifice it took to bring someone in in the first place. Babu mayakuluhu ida rakiba dabatahu li safari. There's a chapter regarding what a person should say when they uh, uh, ride their mount uh, for, uh, for travel. Qala Allah ta'ala. وَجَعَلَ لَكُمْ مِنَ الْفُلْكِ وَلَنْعَامِ مَا تَرْكَبُونَ لِتَسْتَوُوا عَلَى ظُهُورِهِ ثُمَّ تَذْكُرُوا نِعْمَةَ رَبِّكُمْ إِذَا اسْتَوَيْتُمْ عَلَيْهِ وَتَقُولُوا سُبْحَانَ الَّذِي سَخَّرَ لَنَا هَذَا وَمَا كُنَّا لَهُ مُقْرِنِينَ وَإِنَّا إِلَى رَبِّنَا لَمُنْقَلِبُونَ Allah Most High said and he uh, uh, gave you from uh, 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 from from ships and from the uh, 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 riding beasts that which you ride. An'am are those uh, 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 animals that are uh, 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 that are the special blessings of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and, and it, it includes four four asnaf or four types of animals. It includes camels. It includes uh, 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 um, uh, uh, cattle and buffalo by analogy, and, and it includes uh, sheep and goats. So obviously out of all of them, the only one you ride is the camel. Uh, um, although people have like oxen and things like that pull carts as well, but uh, 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 they're mentioned here as riding beasts that he gave to you from, uh, 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 from, from ships and from uh, 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 the na'am, the, the livestock, that which you ride. لِتَسْتُوُ ala ظُهُورِهِ So that you can uh, be firmly seated on their backs and, and then remember the blessings of your Lord when you are firmly seated uh, on them and say, سُبْحَانَ الَّذِي سَخَّرَ لَنَا هَذَا Glory be to the one who brought this under my control. So camel is a big animal, man. Like a male camel is like the size of a dinosaur, dude. It's a really big animal. It's a very powerful animal as well. And uh, a person who sees a camel uh, should immediately be struck with how dinosaur-like this like really big and powerful animal is. So what? Subhanallah. Uh, uh, glory be to Allah. 
the one who brought this animal under our control. Uh, 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 Otherwise, if we had to by brute force subdue this animal, we wouldn't have been able to. And indeed, we are uh, 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 we are moving or we're, we're turning ever constantly toward our Lord. Uh, so this this dua is mentioned in the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, as the dua for riding a riding beast. And uh, there's another dua that's mentioned in the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which is the dua for uh, riding a ship. Which is what? قَالَ ارْكَبُوا فِيهَا بِسْمِ اللَّهِ مُجْرَاهَا وَمُرْسَاهَا It's مُجْرَاهَا وَمُرْسَاهَا It's مُجْرَاهَا وَمُرْسَاهَا in Warsh. And in, in Hafs is Bismillahi Majreha Mursaha Inna Rabbi Lagafur Rahim that I ride this or I, 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 I ride this ship in the name of Allah uh, uh, by whose name is, uh, 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 is its movement and by whose, in whose name is it, does it stop. Uh, indeed, my Lord is forgiving and merciful. And the nisbat of this dua is a very high nisbah. Why? Because this is the hikayah that the Qur'an is giving of the dua that Sayyidina Nuh salam made when he, uh, 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 when he stepped on the ark. So the ark wasn't just a ship. It wasn't any ship. Rather, it was the najat of whoever Allah Ta'ala was going to spare from mankind from the halak and destruction of his adab. So this dua has a very high nisbah. When a person reads it, they should be cognizant of it and so uh, a, a person may then ask well what is an airplane is it a car or is it a ship or sorry is it a, a riding animal or is it a ship what is a car is it a riding animal or is it a ship uh, and Allah Ta'ala knows best uh, uh, the difference between what is a ship and what is a riding animal is that the, an- or a- the animal is living whereas the ship is not living so with all due respect to like whatever PTV education, uh, Pakistan television level of education in du'as many people have, uh, um, my uh, uh, having posed this question to uh, our sheikh in Mauritania, he said that the difference between a ship is that what? A ship is not living, it's jihaz, it's a, uh, 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 something mechanical or something that, that's not living. Uh, and uh, 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 the riding beast is something that's alive. So the car, the car, the analogy of the car is closer to that of a safina or a fulk rather than uh, rather than uh, a, a riding beast. Uh, but khair, whatever dua a person makes, both of them have barakah in them. Uh, and it's very funny. Like folksy people have their own their own way of like. I guess negotiating and navigating these things. So I once said this to my in-laws. So my mother-in-law got upset. She's like, "No, you say Subhanallah when you get in the car." And so I explained the whole thing to her, and she's like, "No, you're wrong." And so then my father-in-law says, "No, uh, he's right." And uh, so why do you say that I'm right? He said, "Because my mother used to say to me, you should say Bismillahi Mujraha Rahim." before, before uh, riding uh, uh, on the motorcycle and I said it and I remember one day I got in a motorcycle accident and I flew like through the air and landed like whatever 12 meters from the bike 
and uh, I got up unscathed. And I remember I read the dua, and that's why it happened. And so I guess that like seemed to make sense for them. So usuli things for usuli people, folksy things for folksy people. However you make peace with it, good for you. Uh, 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 but uh, uh, but these are the the, the duas that a person should uh, uh, should should make when they're about to travel. And obviously, if you're going to walk somewhere, then neither of them are masnoon duas. Uh, although, mashallah, the nisbah of them is still high and there's still great barakah in them. وعن سيدنا عبد الله بن عمر رضي الله تعالى عنهما أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم كان إذا استوى على بعيره خارجا إلى سفر كبر ثلاثا ثم قال سبحان الذي سخر لنا هذا وما كنا له مقرنين وإن إلى ربنا لمنقلبون اللهم إنا نسألك في سفرنا هذا البر والتقوى ومن العمل ما ترضى اللهم هون علينا سفرنا هذا واطوي عنا بعده اللهم أنت الصاحب في السفر والخليفة في الأهل اللهم إني أعوذ بك من وعثاء السفر وكآبة المنظر منظر وسوء المنقلب في المال والأهل والولد وإذا رجع قالهن وزاد فيهن آئبون تائبون عابدون لربنا حامدون رواه مسلم ومعنى مقرنين مطيقين ووعثاء بفتح الواو وإسكان العين المهملة وبالثاء وبالمد وهي الشدة والكآبة بالمد وهي تغير النفس من الحزن ونحوه والمنقلب المرجع المرجع. So we read here a hadith by narrated by Sayyidina Abdullah bin Umar radiyallahu anhu that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when he would be seated on his ba'ir what is a ba'ir? It's a fully grown male camel. Uh, when he'd be seated, seated on his ba'ir, leaving leaving or heading out for a, a trip, he would make takbir three times. He would say, Allahu Akbar, three times. And then he would say, Subhanallah, sakhara lana hadha. He would say, Glory be to the one who brought this under our control and we didn't have the power to overwhelm it. And indeed, uh, uh, we are always returning or turning to our Lord. Uh, and then he would add, uh, Oh Allah, we ask you in this travel of ours, piety and God-fearingness and those deeds that you are pleased with. Why? Because a person when they're traveling, they're out of their routine and they're in places where they don't know others and others don't know them. They haven't seen others and others don't see them. So just like when some people are inside the house and they know their Baba is there, then they're not going to walk around eating and drinking things. They're going to sit when they eat and drink. But if they're in another place where they think their Baba can't see them, they might try some of that funny stuff out because they know they're not going to get caught by Baba. But Allah is still watching. So Rasulullah used to make dua, what? That now that I'm going to somewhere where you know things are going to be different, I ask Ya Allah that you only give me those actions that you're pleased with. 
Oh Allah, make easy for us this travel and fold, fold its distance from us, meaning make the trip go by quickly. Oh Allah, you're the companion in, in travel and you're the one that we leave behind uh, to watch over our families. Uh, oh Allah, indeed I seek refuge in you from the is safar, from the shidda, from the, the difficulties of travel. Uh, 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 so wa'atha'u is derived from al-wa'ath wa'ath is that land which is painful to walk on like so if rocks are jagged or crooked or it's really hot or whatever al-wa'ath with, with the sukun on the ayn it means uh, it means uh, it means that land that's painful and difficult to, to travel over uh, that a person is if they're walking or whatever uh, so if, you know if you go on like Umrah and things like that although things are very nice now but still like there are some parts of the marble that are cut weird ways that like it kind of hurts your feet when you walk on them um, or whatever you have a little taste of it although it's not really that bad uh, if you look at the how if you look if you try walking outside of the Masjid al-Haram without, without your shoes on your feet will get burned so imagine that plus the rocks were jagged and then think about the idea that there are some Sahaba radiallahu anhu who made Hijra without shoes. Uh, 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 so, at any rate, so Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min wa'atha'i safar. Here, the wa'atha means anything that's severe or hard. Uh, and that land that's difficult to walk on is like a, it, it becomes a metaphor for really any difficulty in travel. Uh, oh Allah, we seek refuge in you from the wa'atha'i safar, from the, the difficulties and uh, harshness of travel. Wa ka'abat al manzir. And Kaaba bil madwa hiya taghayru nafsi min al huzni wa nahwuhu. Kaaba means any uh, any any change uh, inside of a person that makes them feel bad. Kaaba uh, al mandar that we should see something that should uh, give us sadness inside or hurt us inside. Uh, 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 that we seek refuge from that. Wasu al munqalib fil mali wal ahl that and. We seek refuge in you that when that we should that we shouldn't return home and see our uh, find that our, our uh, something is uh, uh, something evil has happened to our, our property or to our family. Uh, uh, and then when he would uh, uh, come back from a trip, he would say those same words, and he would also uh, uh, add a ibuna ta ibuna that we come back repentant. Abidun uh, ali worshiping our Lord Hamidun, praising Him. <coughs> so this is uh, um, this is this is from the 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 the, the dua of travel of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So whoever is traveling nowadays uh, or leaving the house for that matter, they should learn these duas and and and, and make use of them, take benefit from them. Because it's a weird world out there uh, between TSA agents and uh, between, you know, getting charged money to bring a carry-on onto an airplane and between, like, uh, icy and slick roads with patches of black ice and all sorts of other perils that lurk out there. A person should say these du'as regularly uh, and uh, take Allah Ta'ala's protection. Because even with His protection, life is difficult. It's not easy. Uh, getting those things done that you need to before you die, it's not an easy task. So make these du'as and take the protection of Allah Ta'ala so you can spend and focus your energies on those things that need them rather than uh, those things that, that were uh, 
avoidable and unnecessary uh, roadblocks in your life. Um, we can we can we can stop here, inshallah. Barakallah fikum, whoever came to hear the hadith of the Prophet وسلم, instead of watching the Super Bowl. Good for you, mashallah. And for those little ones who don't know what the Super Bowl is, good for you as well. You have a lot to be thankful to in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sallallahu ta'ala wa rasulihi Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.